On this show, we talk a lot about technology, and rightfully so. Technology has been, is, and will continue to be a large part of our industry, along with many other industries. Things are always changing, always evolving, always improving. And today's show is no different. We go back down the technology rabbit hole. But on today's show, we look at it strictly from the construction and field standpoint. And I've got, as a guest on the show, a company that is committed to technology on the construction side of our industry. And together, we are Building the Future. This is the Building the Future podcast. I am your host, the Lumberjack, Brett Thorne. On this show, we explore topics including construction, building materials, real estate, remodeling, the housing market, industry news, new products and trends, technology, government, everything you need for building the future. Welcome back to the Building the Future podcast. I am your host, Brett Thorne, and today's topic is a topic we've talked a lot about, and that's about technology in this industry. But what's unique about today's topic is it is geared strictly towards the construction side of the industry and the technology there. And I came across this topic when I found an article that had been first published in 2018, but then was revised earlier this year. And the name of that article was Construction Technology is Reshaping the Industry. And with me today is the author of that article, Mr. Kendall Jones. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Kendall, let's get you acquainted with the listener here just a little bit. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, both uh, personally and or professionally? Okay. Well, um, I work for a company called Construct Connect. Um, we actually provide construction technology software to uh, and mainly in the pre-construction space. I work in the marketing team there. Primary job tasks is to write about the construction industry. And technology is one of my favorite subjects to write about. I also write a lot about safety and operating insights, running your business, all kinds of stuff. And I've been doing it for about eight years now. What was the path that got you into the construction side? Did you have a background with it before you came on with uh, Construct Connect or was this brand new to you? It was pretty much brand new to me. I mean, my, my, uh, experience working in the construction industry was probably like summers painting houses and, and doing some roofing and, and stuff like that. So not a not a big thing into it as far as a background of actually being in the industry. So, Well, let's dive right into your article. Your article is titled, as I said before, Construction Technology is Reshaping the Industry. You know, I first want to, let's get some nice groundwork down here. And in your words, what is or what qualifies as construction technology? It's really any kind of innovative tool or um, software, hardware that really changes the way that you do things, that it helps you be better. When you think of like regular technology, you think of smartphones and laptops and computers and everything else. And a lot of that is applicable to the construction industry as well. And then you get into the kind of like the next 
next level or the next next phase of uh, technology, especially in construction, you're talking things like drones and robots and AI and, you know, construction technology isn't new. It's been around for ever. <laughs> I mean, honestly, any kind of any kind of tool was new at some point. It was a new piece of technology. I mean, you look at even something like uh, building information, BIM, I mean, that's like 20 years old now. And you said in your article, and I support this 100%, somebody that's been in this industry pretty much my entire life, that companies are slow to adopt construction technology. Why is that, in your opinion? I think it's a lot of things. I think there's the the cost issue. Return on investment isn't really understood. Um, I think there's also a fear of, um, especially if it's new technology, is this going to stick around? Is this something that I'm going to have to buy something new in six months to a year when something better comes out. You know, I think there's also the fear of, is it going to work? I think those go into it. I think uh, when you're talking about an industry where you're dealing with some companies are dealing with razor thin margins, profit margins, it's just, it's a hard sell sometimes. So would it be fair to say that maybe some companies in the industry uh, lack some of the the knowledge and the understanding of the technology and specifically the value of it? Yeah, I would say that that's correct. And I think even when they, they see the value, it still sometimes just comes down to the to the investment, the cost investment. Swallowing that, uh, the, that pill, that uh, price tag pill? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, you know, there's also getting buy-in for the people that are supposed to be using the technology, whether it's, you know, in the office or in the field. But I think, you know, I think that's changing. And uh, I think we're, we're moving toward better adoption of technology. And for some of those out there that may be slow to adopt and adapt, what are some of the key values that construction technology can bring to a company organization job site? All kinds of things. I mean, it can help help your safety. It can help your productivity. It can help you be more efficient, be more profitable. There's just communicate better, collaborate better, break down some of the silos in the industry that occur the way that we currently build things and design things. Is there anything that uh, for those that are maybe looking at upgrading some of the technology or getting into some of the technology, is there downsides? Is there weaknesses or threats that they should be concerned about? Yeah, I would say that some of the weaknesses are, are understanding what the technology does, can do, what it does, and you know, again, getting getting buy-in from from the your employees to actually use the technology um, instead of doing things the way that they've always done things. I think there's a big resistance. I mean, everybody's resistant to change um, to some, but you know, uh, yeah, nobody likes change, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know, these people that have been doing the same thing for you know, 20 years are going to be reluctant to doing punch lists on your smartphone or, or you know, using software to, to do your takeoffs rather than using your pen and your paper or whatever else. So maybe they haven't had the opportunity to see the efficiencies and the effectiveness of it. And that would that be driving some of that resistance to the change, you think? Yeah, I would say so. It's just, it's also, I think part of it is where do you start? Like there's so much out there either don't know what's out there or you know what's out there, but you're not sure how it fits into your organization. I think that's that's part of the issue too. There, there's got to be somebody in your company that's pushing for that innovation, whether it's the, the owner or someone else in the company that's saying, hey, this can make us better. We should check it out. 
So there's got to be a driver, and then there's also got to be buy-in. Right. Okay. Now, you did say, and I'm going to go all the way to the end of your article. I kind of started out there at the beginning where you said that uh, companies are slow to adapt. But at the very end of your article, you said that construction firms that continue to refuse to innovate are destined to die. Um, that's a that's a bold statement. Um, why would you uh, put it that strongly, I guess? I did put it that strongly, didn't I? <laughs> It, it won't be a quick death. It would be a very slow death. You know, as as the companies that are adapting and adopting and integrating technology, they're going to be more efficient. They're going to be more productive. They're going to be more profitable. They're going to be able to do a lot more with less. And um, when it comes to, to bidding projects or, you know, putting together estimates and all that, they're going to have a, an advantage because they're going to be able to do things faster and at a, at a lower cost. I support that. I mean, you know, you've got to keep up with the times. That's all there is to it. I mean, uh, if anything, if history shows you anything, you've got to continue to evolve and adapt and, and move forward and, and become better. I mean, because so let's face it, your competition is. Right. And, you know, if you're not, if you're not keeping up, it's going to catch up to you eventually. I mean, it, it might not be next year. It might not be 10 years from now, but eventually – it's going to catch up to the people that aren't aren't uh, adopting technology. Well, let's dive into the article just a little deeper, and let's start to analyze some of the different sections of the article. Something I've heard you mention here a couple times is is an obvious, you know, smartphones. Uh, people are using those so much more now. I mean, that is that's the norm, just not necessarily in the industry, but just in the world. I would have to think that the software and mobile side of technology is probably one of the most recognized in the industry would you agree or disagree with that i would agree and i would say that's probably the the technology that's most adopted and used because people are familiar with software i mean we use email we use you know your company might have accounting software it's it's just something that everybody's kind of familiar with and with with smartphones with mobile apps people know how to use those they have their phones on them all the time it's Mobile apps are fairly intuitive to use, so I think there's there is more of a a buy-in for software and mobile apps, and not necessarily company specific, but just as far as some of the software and mobile technology that's out there. What are some of the platforms that are truly dedicated and advancing our industry? There's project management that can do you know. Pretty much anything you can use it in the field and uh, keep track of your schedule. You can complete daily reports, take photos and videos, and then send that back to the office. There's, like I said, there's accounting software that's specific for the industry. There's bid management solutions, contractors to put together ITBs and send them out to their subs and suppliers. There's uh, takeoff and estimating tools. Pretty much everything in pre-construction and construction. I mean, there's punch list applications, there's time clock, mobile apps, you know, or pretty much once you set it up, uh, you can geofence like your site. So your employees don't even have to, to punch a clock or, or remember to log into the phone and check in. It just, they cross that line and their phone recognizes it and they're, they're on the clock. So communication and connectivity is obviously a big part of that. And as you said, you know, you, you've now got the stuff you can use in the field and it communicates back to the office um, and it communicates to multiple parties that are involved in the project. 
I would have to think that those and, and are a lot of those are those real time. Yeah, you can um, you fill out the report and you can you send it in and it it uploads it to the software in real time. A lot of these things that have mobile apps, um, the software is uh, software as a, as a service, so it's it's all mobile interface. It's not any kind of like on prem solution that has to be you know updated manually. Um, it all just kind of happens in real time. Are there any uh, bigger companies or brands that you think of that jump out that are maybe leading the way of the software for our industry? There's a lot. I mean, we do. We're, we're Construct Connect is in the the pre-construction space, but then there's you've got companies like Procore. There's Viewpoint. Autodesk is big in the space. Trimble um, does some software applications as well as all kinds of stuff. So yeah, there's a, a lot of big big players. They continue create new software and um, integrations and everything else. So, which is another, another big key integration with other software tools is, is big. Going on down the article here, another section you said that is part of the technology side of is the offside construction. What can you tell us about that? Offsite construction is definitely a, a technology that's, that's uh, growing in popularity. There's a big project in New York, probably heard about it. It's the Atlantic Yards project. That was done. Uh, that was modular and offsite construction. Um, big project, had some issues with it. But if done correctly, it can speed up construction time, cut costs as well. Um, and it's also um, one of the big benefits with something like offsite is it's it's really good for buildings that are kind of like repetitive. So like dormitories, hospitals, uh, hotels, but if you have like a, a small site to work on where you don't have the room to lay out all your materials and stuff, you have the benefit there. You're just you're just shipping in stuff as it's available and then putting it in a, into place. And again, that's uh, funny. It's not new, really new technology. It's been around for a while. If you're familiar with uh, the Contemporary Resort at Disney World, one that the monorail goes through, that one and the Polynesian, those are both about 50 years old. Those were built with modular construction. And in your article, you kind of take the offsite construction, you break it up into two different components, the modular and then the prefabricated. Can you tell us a little bit about the differences in those? So modular is more like the, the whole building. It's more larger building components. So like a whole, whole hotel room or a whole bathroom, they do that a lot for um, hospitals. And it's got everything. It's got the interior walls, all the plumbing, electrical Sometimes it's got all the light fixtures up and everything else. Um, so it's kind of a plug and play. So you build it offsite, usually in a warehouse. They get shipped to the site and they get kind of stacked into place and bolted into place. And then prefab is more individual building components. So your walls, and they can be built with all the components inside. So like all your mechanical, electrical, plumbing can be put into the walls. And then you kind of, again, it's more of a like a Lego system. Everything gets put together um, on site after being built off-site and shipped to um, where it needs to be. And shifting gears here a little bit, going down the advancements and the technology components in the construction, some of the things that definitely stand out as technology that maybe don't initially come in a conversation as construction, one of them being artificial intelligence. What can you tell us about how artificial intelligence is bringing construction to the next level? So artificial intelligence is kind of like a catch-all for basically machines that have 
cognitive abilities similar to humans. And usually that comes down to like algorithms or machine learning. And it's being used robots and things like drones, but as well as software. Um, there's there's companies putting out software applications that can do can build your construction schedule for you. So you put in all the plans and everything and, and tell it when it needs to start and when it needs to stop and it will optimize the construction schedule for you. And again, that's um, that's more of a machine learning. So it needs historical data in order for it to be able to spit this out. And the more it learns, the better it gets. I guess another type is pattern recognition, which is uh, what AI is really good at. So um, there's a company out there that's developing a software that they just, they've been feeding it images of construction sites. The computer algorithm is learning how to identify safety issues. So does the person have a hard hat on? Are there guardrails up to prevent falls? And then it can use that information that it's learned and then be put on a cameras can be put on the site and it will run while workers are working. And anytime it spots a safety issue, it will send an alert to, to somebody to let them know that there's a potential hazard on the job site. So AI is going to be something you're going to see both on site and off site. Yes. Yeah. So you'll see it, see it in kind of on site with the robots and sensors and, and, uh, site monitoring cameras and things like that, and then off-site um, in some of the software that you're using. And, and since you just mentioned robots, how are robots and drones being used to reshape construction? Drones are being used in a couple of different ways. They can be used to do inspections, like bridge inspections and building inspections, especially taller buildings where you don't want necessarily want to put someone in an unsafe position. I mean, it's Part of it's a safety thing and part of it's uh, easier to do. I mean, getting somebody up under a bridge to inspect a bridge to see if it needs repairs takes a lot of manpower. And if you can get a drone out there and do it, you save yourself a lot of time and money and, you know, keep your workers safe. It's also being, they're also being used, drones are also being used to scan sites and do site plans. Then when you get over to robots, robots aren't, I think, what people think they are when it comes to (laughs) world applications. I think probably a, a, a good example is, although they're doing really innovative stuff, is Boston Dynamics is is that does the little robot spot, the little dog robot. They're teaming up with uh, some some construction uh, tech companies like Trimble and Hilti um, to kind of implement some of their location sensor data to scan scan job sites. But when you really think about like a a, a robot actually doing physical work, you're talking about something that does primarily repetitive tasks um, that can be easily done. So there's a, a couple of bricklaying robots that are on the market. There's a robot out there that ties rebar. So it sets up on the site and it can go around and it senses cro- crosses in the rebar and it, it ties, ties it off for you. I've even seen one that does uh, drywall work. And that's a that's an actual humanoid looking robot that will pick up the drywall, put it in place, and, and drill it into place. Really? So it'll actually even not just I mean, I mean I can easily see a robot that goes through and just does all your drills, um, you know, fastens it down, but it'll actually put the drywall on the wall too, but put it up to the studs. Yes, yeah. Wow. Now uh how often does he get smoke breaks? <laughs> I don't, I don't, you don't get paid. So you don't get, <laughs> well, I'm sure there's, there, there's plenty of pay that goes into something like that. Oh yeah. Those are front costs. Um, <laughs> you know, you want to talk about costs. I think, uh, 
this is where you're going to see, you know, if you're familiar with software as a service, um, this is where you're going to see technology as a service um, really come into play because because of the cost and because of the maintenance costs to repair something. Like one of the, the bricklaying robots, I think the, the cost of it is like half a million dollars. Whoa. But you can rent it by the week for a much smaller cost. Um, so I think that's going to come into play. And again, there's the fear of, oh God, robots are going to take our jobs away. For most of these, that's not the case. Like there still has to be somebody monitoring the work and, and supervising and making sure that everything's going correctly. I mean, you can't just put it on the site and let it go to town. Would there be a place where you could have, you know, your human there, your person there to monitor, but he's got five, six robots lined up working to where you've still got to have that human interaction there, but yet your robots are still doing the heavy lifting per se. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. You know, as, as um, you know, these things advance, I think that's um, entirely possible. I think of, of robots as not replacing work, but more augmenting the work, taking some of the, the backbreaking tasks off, off your plate and uh, allowing you to, Get more done, do it longer. Health and safety is definitely an issue in the construction industry. And if you can alleviate some of that, all the better, I think. And since you brought up augmenting, that was another section of your article was augmented and virtual reality. How are those shaping the construction industry? I guess real quick, virtual reality is kind of where you put on the headset and you're in a completely virtual environment or you know, they actually have like whole corners of a building set up to where they have walls set up where everything's projected and you're kind of immersed in it. Augmented reality, depending on your age of the listeners, uh, the best examples I can give is if you've ever watched a football game and you see the, the yellow line of the yards to go where they need to go to get a first down, that, that's <laughs> augmented reality. Yeah, and I don't understand why the players don't see that. I, I mean, it's, it's a bold. For a younger generation or anybody with kids, um, Pokemon Go is a, a good example of augmented reality. So it's it's the digital media uh, overlaid over the real world environment. So with uh, virtual reality, it's being used in like training simulators, kind of like a flight simulator. You can get somebody in a piece of uh, heavy equipment, a backhoe, a uh, a bulldozer or whatever and train them to use it in a safe environment where they can't can't break anything and then with um augmented reality again uh stuff that you can use on your smartphone i've seen uh, augmented reality software where you can hold your device hold your device with a camera on over like a, a paper set of drawings and if you've got everything done right it will show you a 3d bim model kind of right before your eyes of the image of the building for that plan. It can also be used in the field. A lot of things you'll see is like um, when they're building, putting buildings together now, and they I've seen it in like some hospitals, they'll have little QR codes on the doorways of newer buildings. And that's used for kind of after the fact of the building, like if any kind of maintenance or repairs need to be made, renovations, you can hold it up to the QR code and it'll show you what's behind the wall. So you can see all the, the plumbing, electrical, um, HVAC systems, stuff like that. And it's also good for, you know, walk, walking somebody through how to do certain tasks, making sure that they're doing things correctly. 
they have hard hats now that have like a visor. They're smart hard hats, smart helmets. So it's kind of like a heads up display, kind of like Google Glass, but a little more rugged. You can use it and display, you know, instructions on how to do, how to install a, a system. Like if you're installing like a, a big HVA system, HVAC system, and you're either not familiar with that one or you're you're training how to use it or how to how to install it, you can see all the instructions and see all the the workings of it, and uh, it'll it'll walk you through it. Is it used much in the planning and design phase of the project? Because I, I can almost see how you you could especially on maybe the, the the virtual side if it was all inputs, you know, to be able to see the project in a virtual world before it ever came into the physical world. Yeah, definitely on the design side with the with the VR, the virtual reality, um, it is being used for that. It's, one, it's a great way to show your client, if you're an architect or a designer, what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like to walk through that building. And it's also being used for collaborative design. So you can have multiple people in it at the same time interacting and, and looking at things and changing things. And it's all done in real time. And you, what's the best way to show a client what the building's going to look like than to have them actually walk through a, a virtual representation of it? I think it's great technology and it's, it's definitely being used for that. Is that something we're going to see more of in the future? I think we will. I think that's another technology, again, been around for a long time. But just recently, within the past few years, uh, with like the HoloLens and some of this other stuff, it's they fixed some of the issues that they've had in the past with people getting nauseated while they're using it, and just the the response rate. You know, the technology back then just couldn't keep up with the response rate of you moving your head up and down, and back and forth, and everything else. And it just what they can do with it has caught up to where it's actually a viable for use, both on the consumer and business level. What else are could we potentially see in the construction industry from the technology side? Oh, so many different things. I mean, the stuff we mentioned, self-driving vehicles, self-driving construction equipment that's around now, wearables, kind of like your, your smartwatches and things that can monitor, you know, a worker's vitals on the construction site. And they're putting these, these sensors into everything. So they're putting them into hard hats. They're putting them into safety vests. They're putting them into work boots. Most of the wearables are all about safety. You know, is, is a worker's blood pressure going up? Is Are they getting overheated? There's even stuff out there that monitors whether you're in the act of falling or if you've slipped um, and can report back on that. So I think, you know, that's, that's another thing that's going to be big and you'll start seeing more. Um, again, I think it's a big thing with any kind of wearable or any kind of GPS tracking, whether it's used for time cards or whatnot, you know, there's, there's a privacy issue that companies will have to work out with their employees. You know, some people are apprehensive about being tracked, but you know, depending on the settings of your, your smartphone that you carry around with you, you're already, already have whether you know it or not. (laughs) Your employer might not have that information, but somebody has it. (laughs) So no matter how much our industry resists this, Technology is part of the future of this industry. It's already here and it's going to continue to be here. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we kind of talked earlier about the reluctance to adopt technology. But if you look at the the bigger firms, like your your Skanskas and your Bechtels and Acom, uh, Turner, Gilbane, these larger companies, they have their own research and development departments that are testing these things out and putting them into practice on projects in the real world and, and, and innovating and seeing what's out there and, and what 
what's helping them be better. So kind of the, not really have, have nots, but you know, the, the companies that have the money that they can't afford to invest are, are doing it heavily. And on the other end, you, there's a lot of uh, venture capitalists out there that are. That's what I was going to ask you about, because you said that in your article. There's a lot of outside companies <laughs> investing in yeah. technology and industry. Right. Well, you know, there's and some that are geared directly to just construction. So you got a venture capitalist company called uh, Brick and Mortar. There's one called um, Building Ventures that are mainly their main focus is construction tech and Lots of money being uh, invested and uh, uh, Y Combinator, which is another venture capital company that not just construction technology, but they've been around for a while. And they're, these companies are helping, these uh, capital investors are helping advance the technology and, and put money into it. And I think it's just going to continue to grow. It is the future. Before we get off here, Kendall, we've mentioned briefly the company you work for, Construct Connect. Let's open the book on it just a little bit and tell us what it is that Construct Connect does. Okay. Construct Connect as a company is newer. We relaunched under the name Construct Connect back in 2016, but it was really the merger and acquisition of some companies that have been in the industry for years. Um, Construction Data, I-Square-Foot, CMD, which used to be Read Construction Data, Big Clerk, they all merged together. And then since that time, we've added some takeoff companies on center, Plan Swift, uh, QuoteSoft. We've also added um, another bid management uh, company, uh, SmartBid. I'm sure most people are familiar with that as well. Um, so we operate in the pre-construction space. Our goal is kind of to be the, the one place where people connect and confidently evaluate, choose and prepare projects before they build. You know, we have we have products for general contractors, trade contractors, subcontractors, building product manufacturers. So we have bid management solutions. We have project lead database that uh, has a lot of features um, to help you find just the right project to bid on. We just recently launched a digital bid board so people can manage all their construction project opportunities, all their their bid invites, really neat stuff. I think one of the coolest features is, is that you can, if you get a bid invitation and it's not from one of our companies, not sent through one of our bid management solutions, you can forward the bid invitation to us and we automatically create the, the project for you. It goes into your list of projects that you're bidding on. You can manage it. You can uh, sync your calendars with it. And then we have a lot of takeoff solutions and a lot of it's meant. So like if you find a project in our dat- database, we have your plans inspect so you don't have to go out and buy those. And then you can push that project right into takeoff so you don't have to upload all those documents again. And then you can start doing quantity takeoffs and, and start putting together your estimates as well. So, And for you know building product project leads, but also um, some analytics and forecast tools, see which companies are using your products and where for you to increase your spec rate and get your products sold. So you guys have a whole toolbox of technology pieces for the pre-construction phase of a project a little bit of uh, everything for everybody and if people want to find out more about the services you guys have available what's the best way to do that visit our website it's uh, constructconnect.com you can find most of our products and services there we also with our legacy companies um, you know all that information is on those websites so like on center and plan swift um, smart bid and i square foot all out there and easily searched um, through google and before I let you go, Kendall, do you have any closing thoughts for the listeners? 
Yeah, if you're if looking to get into any kind of construction technology, if you're looking to try something out, um, start small. You don't have to do it all in one go. Find find one thing in your company, one inefficiency that you have that you want to make better. Research solutions and test them out. You know, get some trials of software. Get rent a drone or rent a drone service and have them come in and do something for you on your site. Yeah, don't do it all. Start small, and uh, once you start reaping the benefits, I think it'll lead to to further adoption of technology with your company. Kendall, those are great pieces of advice to help an industry that's maybe been a little reluctant to make some change, hopefully try some new things. They'll get there. I mean, the next generation of workers, you know, four or five years, they're not going to know what life was without a smartphone. They kind of expect it, actually. Right. And and that's they're going to expect it in jobs. Uh, they're going to expect to for technology to be part of their jobs. It's part of their life, and they they don't know a life without it. So yeah, is that um, you know kind of on off topic here, just a little bit? I guess on topic, but you know kind of off the technology piece. Is that something you think holds back our industry from recruiting new people and the younger generations? I think part of it is. Um, I think uh, there's a stigma, and probably well. Rightly so or wrongly so, but, um, you know, that it's dirty, hard work that doesn't pay a lot of money, which is, you know, not entirely true at all. Like you, people have very lucrative careers in construction. Yes, some of it is dirty, but I think there's also, you know, the aspect of attracting more minorities and, and more women to the industry as well, which you're seeing, seeing more happen. But the workforce is changing and it has been for years and it, it needs to continue to do so. Yeah, rightfully so. Right. Kendall, I want to thank you again for your time and all the information you've shared today as we are building the future. Thanks, Brett. Really appreciate you having me on today. This is the Building the Future podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please like and share. You can find out more at our website, www.buildingthefuturepodcast.com. Together we are building the future.